0: Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey.
1: And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, thanks everyone for joining us today. Uh, We are joined today by uh, Michelle Hartlove. From the Prevention of Blindness Society of Metropolitan Washington and Stephen Sorel of Sorel Design. So they will be our guests today. Um, first, I want to give a, a couple of quick announcements. Um, put on your calendar to uh, be on Rhode Island Avenue on September 26th at 2 p.m. That's the start of our Fall Fest week kickoff, uh, and we're kicking off that day with Porch Fest live music on the porches of homes and businesses along Rhode Island Avenue and our friends at Rhode Island Row are sponsoring uh, a trolley, uh, a bus to shuttle people up and down Rhode Island Avenue into the different porch venues. Um, and then on October 3rd, saturday october 3rd from 10 a.m to 4 p.m is our fourth annual fall fest on rhode island avenue and we are so excited it's going to be bigger and better uh, as it's grown every year we, we're just really excited about this year as well uh, you can find out all the information about both porch fest and fall fest on our website riamainstreet.org that's riamainstreet.org uh, and also want to give a quick shout out to uh, some of our show sponsors, Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the Department of Small Local Business Development, and the Department for Housing and Community Development of D.C. Thank you to those sponsors for making these episodes possible. Um, and uh, let's get started. Michelle?
0: Yes. So, Michelle Hartlove, thank you for joining us. And you're the Executive Director for the Prevention of the Blindness Society of Metropolitan Washington, D.C., so... And you all have offices on uh, Rhode Island Avenue in Woodridge, and we're excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So tell our listeners about the Prevention of Blindness Society
2: and its mission. The Prevention of Blindness Society of Metropolitan Washington has been uh, serving the metropolitan area since 1936. Um, We serve D.C., Northern Virginia, Montgomery, and Prince George's counties of Maryland, and we do so through a lot of different um, uh, programs, the one on Rhode Island Avenue is our eyeglasses clinic. We um, have eye gl- low, cl- low cost or free eyeglasses um, for people in need. Um, we also do children's vision screening throughout the, ch- uh, the area schools. Um, we do uh, adult vision and glaucoma screening. We um, have lectures and support groups for people who um, have eye different, a variety of eye diseases, glaucoma, uh, diabetic retinopathy, macular degeneration. Um, and we have a low vision learning center in Alexandria, Virginia, that also um, helps those um, to find uh, help for low vision magnifiers, uh, assistive technology. So that's a bit about what we do in a nutshell. <laughs> so
0: for the uh, Woodridge location on Rhode Island Avenue, is that available to any district
2: resident? Or you said low income. How does that work? Um, we It's for people who can't afford eyeglasses. Um, we... Uh, charge $35 for a pair of glasses. However, if that's um, a struggle, we can work with somebody to, um, you know, uh, many, like if somebody comes in from um, one of the shelters, typically they want us to charge about $5 for a pair of glasses. So, you know, we work with people. We, you know, our goal is to get glasses to people in need. So anyone
0: in the district can come to yes. that yes. location and have their glasses. Yes, and, and we so- hope
2: that it's somebody that truly is in need. You right. Know. So
0: there's no proof of income no. or anything like no. that. Just no, not at on all. On the honor system. Absolutely. And you
2: all work with children and adults. You said we do. We do. We have children's vision screening in the schools, and if we find a child uh, through that program and the family's in need, um, we give free glasses to those children. Um, we also work with um, Georgetown uh, Hospital, their um, Ronald McDonald mobile clinic um, once a month to get eye exams for kids who can't afford eye exams. And we work at Bread for the City to help uh, the, uh, the people that go to Bread for the City to get eye exams and glasses. So. And you said that you all have different programs to educate the public
0: about eye health. Can you tell us about some of those programs?
2: Yes, we have monthly lectures and support groups throughout the area. Um, we have a large print newsletter, and you can find a lot of our information, our, our support groups and lectures online at our website, youreyes.org. Okay.
0: And so how did you all come uh, to be on Rhode Island Avenue? I've seen your offices many times, and what brought me in was uh, the fact that you all uh, take old glasses. So I bring my old glasses there, and I've seen you all there for many years. But uh, how long have you been on Rhode Island Avenue? And-
2: I've been with the organization for 16 years, and long before I came, we had the uh, the, the uh, uh, location on Rhode Island Avenue. Um, thank you very much for giving us your uh, oh, your, gl- your uh, eyeglasses donations. And, and, you know, you can always bring glasses to the Rhode Island Avenue uh, location. Um, we're also doing a, uh, a race on September 20th where, you know, one of the things you can do is bring your glasses. To so them. tell us
0: a little bit about that race, because...
2: Yes, it's a 5K. It's an Run for uh, POB, and it's EYE Run for POB. And um, we're doing a vision um, fair there. We'll have a lot of information about our different programs. You'll be able to bring um, old glasses, which we use. You know, we recycle those. Uh, we use the parts um, to to uh, repair glasses and and we do a variety of things with those. But so uh, we really appreciate that donation. But you can also learn about all of our other programs. Uh, we'll have children's vision screening there, adult vision and, and glaucoma screening. Um, but it's also a fun event for families. We'll have a um, uh, a kids camp as well with some things like crafts and and decorating eyeglass cases and all kinds of fun things for kids to do to bring awareness to what we do. And also, you know, get out and run a 5K, help us raise some money for the organization.
0: So what day is this and where is this located and what time? Give us all the details so that we can come out and support you if possible.
2: It's September 20th. It's going to be at Westfield Montgomery Mall. Um, There's details on our website, youreyes.org slash events. And um, you know it's a it will be a really great family event. We we have a lot of wonderful sponsors who are helping us to support the event. So um, we hope that you'll join us.
0: So how is the uh, society funded? How's the organization funded?
2: We you know like any nonprofit organization, we're a five hundred one c three. Donations are very appreciated. Um, we also, we do something a little different. We have two, uh, resale shops that help. The Look Again resale shop. Yes. That's tell, tell right. us about that. We, we, we have one in Alexandria, right on King Street, 900 King Street. And we have one in, uh, on Antique Row in Kensington, Maryland. So both of those help us to raise money. We also have fundraiser, fundraising events like the I-RUN. And we also do a, a gala every year in March. So, um, you know, we had Pancake Day last week. Um, the uh, original Pancake House helped us with that. Um, so we have a lot of different, you know, fundraisers to help raise money for all these different great programs that we do for this community.
1: What's uh, what's the chances of getting one of those resale shops on Rhode Island Avenue?
2: We we actually had one at our eyeglasses clinic, you know, at 2216 Rhode Island Avenue. However, um, you know, we really wanted to make the focus glasses and and. Mm the program for our organization. So, um, you know, we don't have it there anymore, but, um, you know, who knows? Who knows what the future will bring?
1: I think it could be a good thing. Yeah, (laughs) it
2: could be. So what are the hours of the uh, shop on Rhode Island Avenue? It's 930 to 430. Um, We really do request that you make an appointment with us, however Mondays are walk-in days. Um, To do so, you can call 202-269-0203. And um, you also need to have a prescription when you come. Um, it has to be within a year old. Um, so, so you
0: all don't do the eye exams
2: there? No, we do not. Okay. We do not. We fill glasses prescriptions. I and see. We, okay. we have lovely frames, you know, that many donations of frames from companies. And, and, you know, of course, we purchase some. And, um, but we have a lot of uh, selection for people to come in and, and pick out a pair of glasses because we really do want to see people get help for their vision issues. So if our listeners want to find out more about your organization, how they can help or just get information... Where should they look? Well, um, they can go to our website, youreyes.org, and our main headquarters, which is located in DuPont Circle, 202-234-1010. You can call us. And, of course, the eyeglasses clinic is 202-269-0203. And they're
0: at 2216 Rhode Island Avenue, northeast That's in Woodbridge. That's okay. Thank you. Well, thank you, Michelle, for joining us today and telling us about the Prevention of Blindness Society. We appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank
3: you.
1: Second half of today's show. Uh, we are joined now with Stephen Sorrell of Sorel Designs. Thanks, Steve, for being here. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Steve, you are an architect, a designer. Give, give, us, your, give us your bona fides.
3: Uh, so, pretty much, I'm an interior architect. So, uh, I guess my bona fides are I do everything on the inside of the building, is the best way to describe what I do. Um, you know, walls, finishes, materials, equipment—pretty much everything inside that shell—is is what I focus on.
1: And 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 we're talking to Steve today because because what he does is is important. If you're gonna have, uh, if you're gonna spend thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the build out of the interior of your beautiful dream restaurant or your, uh, the lifelong passion of having a a boutique. Uh, you obviously have an idea of what you want it to look like. Um, and in what Steve does is he comes in and for, this is just my understanding this is where you're going to correct me uh <laughs> you you go in and you take a, a business owner's dream and uh, i was going to jokingly say shatter it but but we're not going to go there uh you know you, you take their dream and you make it a functional reality
3: yeah I, I like to say we're partially in the business of managing expectations rather than shattering a dream uh so you know there are two big key components components that uh a business owner looks at when they want to design a space and there's budget and schedule uh a lot of the times what i do is help manage that budget and schedule to make sure that what their vision can come out in a different way if you know if their budget's limiting we need to find other ways to in resources to make it happen so that's kind of the two two key ingredients the design is kind of the small part it still still happens but most clients are more uh, you know focused on the budget and the schedule. And so those are key components that I bring to the table that, you know, make it realistic.
1: And, and one of the examples that you were giving me when we were chatting the other day was uh, a restaurant that wanted a certain type of window look, um, and, and they, they did their own work, and they ended up having windows that had horrible levels of condensation and uh, just ended up functionally not, not working right. What are some other examples of, of uh, pitfalls that folks might run across?
3: Um, so, so you know, budget, like you just mentioned, is one of the big ones. Um, we've had it where somebody will walk through with a general contractor. Um, y- you know, an individual may not be able to speak the same language as a construction, um, you know, person. So uh, what they may try to describe may not exactly come through. And so what we've seen happen is you have somebody walk through a space with a GC and they get a budget number, then they come to me, they tell me what they want, and we design it for them, and then we go back, and the budget's now twice or three times as much as what they originally thought it was. Um, we've also had a lot of people who are like, "Oh well, I can you know, do this build out, and I'll be moved in you know in three months." But the reality of it is is there's a permitting process, there's you know design, there's construction, um, I haven't seen any space except for a very few that can actually get open in three months. Um, if you actually do it right. So, you know, those are some of the big pitfalls. Um, I recently talked to a, a potential client he wanted something. It was the the last quarter of the year and he was like, I'm going to be open next quarter. Um, and I said, well, I'm not even going to pro- put a proposal on because that's impossible. Uh, it just so happened that they recently opened two years later. So, um, those are just some of the examples, um, and knowledge of, of, you know what general contractor you're working with there's a lot of guys out there that will do work um, but it's probably you want to make sure they're bonded you want to make sure they're they're certified and that you're not going to run into issues of somebody doing a really crappy job and then you ending out you know spending more money to fix it so right
1: right so um, for listeners uh, one of the uh, one of the designs that you we could certainly call it a showcase of your work um, here in the in the Ward Five area is Brookland Pint on Monroe Street, um, and it's beautiful in Thank there. Thank um, And for anybody that's been in that space, um, it's got nice uh, uh, what is it casement windows that open out um, for fresh yeah, air.
3: Yeah, so it has curtain walls that actually bifold. So on one side um, near the the outdoor seating area has these bifolding windows that open up so that uh, on the nicer months they can open it up completely and people can sit there and look out and have a breeze kind of like what you see a lot in Georgetown you see a lot of those windows open right
1: right and and let's talk about the uh, beer aging cooler when you first (laughs) walk in that's that got my attention right away
3: so so when we first uh, started talking with John Andrade uh, at his Meridian Pint location I noticed that downstairs he has a cellaring room. Uh, most people don't ever see it because sometimes they don't have access downstairs. Uh, they may never even realize that there's a cellaring room down there. Uh, but it's it, you know it's expensive bottles and it's kind of like you know expensive wine service so to speak. Uh, because it's an American craft beer uh, location, I wanted to kind of we wanted to showcase that. So one of the ideas was that when you come in. You know, we divide the space up so that there's a bar space and then there's a dining space, so that they don't, you don't have this overlap of rowdy people in the bar watching a game, affecting people who are sitting in the back trying to dine. So, kind of at the pivot point, at the hinge is this beer tower, uh, is what we initially called it, but it's a a marble and glass-clad, you know, shelving system that has all the aged beers. Uh, It's set at a specific temperature uh, 55 degrees so that the beer ages the way it's supposed to but it's really a showpiece it's the first thing you see when you walk into the space um, you know there's some functional stuff to it we have access to it from the bar which is you know um, and it has easy access for a, a server to actually get to it too so there's a lot of little functional pieces that we try to hide and, and make it happen but you know that's definitely a, a showpiece.
1: In my mind, that that marriage of of showpiece and functionality is is one of the things that uh, I would imagine that uh, a business owner, an entrepreneur, would really find a tremendous amount of value in 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 hiring a, a design service like Sorel Designs.
3: Yeah, w- one of the things that we like to focus on is maximizing your square footage. Uh, you know, this city is driven by how much you paid for your your rent per square foot. Uh, we don't like to waste square footage. Um, we like to use a lot of multi-purpose type of, uh, you know, spaces so that, you know, you go into your space and it may be a conference room, but then it can, doors open up or something and it becomes an entertainment space or it becomes, you know, something completely different. Uh, so we try to maximize, you know, that potential. So like in Brooklyn Pint, for instance, there's a banquet room, but it's also an overflow room. It's also you know can be used for a lot of different ways and we we did it so that the tables reconfigure you know depending on what use they need to have we have storage areas so that if they need to clear it out they can clear it out so and there's TVs in there so you can have a, a private viewing you could have a conference meeting you know and that's just in a restaurant um so in office spaces we do a lot of the same type of mentality of you know let's let's get the most bang for your buck on your rent because at the end of the day, you don't want to waste that.
1: Right. And, and some of the office space uh, that that you've done, you, you've worked in really interesting things uh, for smaller spaces like raising the ceiling so that there's a perception of it being a larger space than it is.
3: Yeah. So in, in D.C., the biggest uh, thing that you run into, especially downtown, is the slab-to-slab slab height. Um, Because everybody has that height limitation, they want to cram as many floors as possible into a building to get more rentable square foot. Uh, What that's done is it means that a lot of the slab-to-slab heights are very shallow. Um, And once you put, you know, HVAC, mechanical, you know, ductwork, you start to get even lower. So that's why a lot of the ceiling heights are really low in the space. Uh, We had a client who said, well, you know, I want to maximize the ceiling. I want to be pretty much to the slab. So we coordinated with a mechanical engineer, uh, mechanical electrical plumbing engineer, to go ahead and reroute all the sprinklers, reroute all the ductwork, and come up with uh, you know innovative ways of getting air in, and moving the airflow into space without actually having diffusers. So we have a nice light cove around the perimeter that has a gap that also acts as a way to get airflow in and out of the space. Um, so that was pretty successful. We were able to get, I think, almost nine foot six ceilings in there, which is pretty unheard of in this area um, unless, you know, you're on the first floor and have that benefit.
1: Right. And, and when folks go and look at this on your website, uh, I think they'll be as impressed as I was. Uh, it's a beautiful space and obviously a beautiful space at, at restaurants. So, so you, do you feel like you have a, a special area that you work in?
3: Yeah, so I have kind of a, uh, my focus is a little bit spread out, I guess, um, not as spread out as some, but we we focus a lot on corporate office uh, and then retail restaurant, and then we've been getting a lot of specialty uh, work, and the specialty work is actually breweries. Um, I, I've been in the beer world for quite a while. Uh, I wanted to open a brewery years ago, and so um, I have some inside knowledge on how a lot of the brewery functions uh, work. Uh, I recently did Joseph Magnus distillery, um, which a lot of people have known about and that just came out that 's over in Ivy city um, in the same building exactly uh, is Atlas Brew Works. I did some of their uh, expansion plans they 're currently working with a friend of theirs on on other design aspects but um, so i 'm currently you know working on a couple other breweries and some are in planning some are in expansion, so uh, the craft beer world right now is booming and uh, the list of breweries that I'm tracking at the moment kind of suggests that.
1: Oh, great! That's that's wonderful news. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely <like> that. Wonderful <laughs> news. So, um, what what if if you were standing in, in a in a room full of of um, bright eyed, energetic um, entrepreneurs, all with uh, a check in their pocket to to start their own brick and mortar space? Uh, and they were looking to you for guidance. Uh, what what would be some some significant uh, things that you would tell them to watch out for, or to make sure that they do, besides hiring you? Because we know we know you should be
3: hired. <laughs> but um, I mean. It- there, there's a lot of different aspects uh it kind of some of it plays on what they plan on doing with the space what they're you know if it's an office space there may be certain things they want to look out for that are different than a restaurant um a restaurant you know i would say if you can um you want to try to evaluate the space to the best possible uh, there's a lot of spaces out there right now that will end up costing you more money than than you know you want to spend um you know, I can give you plenty of examples of that. Uh, so one of the things I actually will do is if you're looking at a space, I'll come and look at it with you because, you know, if you have mold or asbestos, there's certain things that, you know, I can look at and say, oh, that's, that's asbestos just by looking at it. Um, you either have to remediate it, which is more money, or you have to, you know, encase it. Um, so there's some of that evaluating the space, um, and I recommend that you, you bring somebody who understands how to do that with you when you look at the spaces. Um, be careful with as-is language. Uh, we've had clients who moved in, and it was actually new construction, but they moved into a 20,000-square-foot space, and there were only a few uh, you know, pieces of HVAC in there basically to keep it so that the building wouldn't fall apart it's, you know, it needs a certain amount of, of airflow. Um, so when they moved in their actual needs, once they put bodies in the space required a lot more HVAC. Oh, and wow. so what ended up happening is they had to spend, you know, 40, $50,000 on HVAC equipment that they can't take with them when they're done with the space, it becomes part of the building. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of those parts. Um,
0: so they should be contacting you on the front end.
3: Yeah, we prefer, you know, you always hear it whenever you talk to anybody, I feel like, that we like to be in from the very beginning. But there's a lot of value to bringing us on, you know, at at the very beginning because we can help you evaluate buildings. We can help steer your your design and your criteria. Um, We go through a process that we call programming. So one of the things is is we meet with you and we sit down and understand what your space is going to need. And a lot of the times that can drive actually how much square footage you need. So rather than going out there and just trying to find a space, if we have this programming session, we can then go ahead and say, no, you need 2,000 square feet or you need 10,000 square feet. Um, you know, and, and we can talk to you about future planning, um, you know, in regards to that. So a lot of the office space, you get a 10-year lease. Well, what's going to happen in 10 years? Where are you going to be? Um, your office may double in size. So 5,000 square feet may work today, but is it going to work in the future? What are your op- uh, your opportunities to change the space in a way so that you could squeeze in more people rather than just having big, open, empty spaces waiting for desks? Um, you know, and then on the restaurant side, a lot of times, you know, they're they're more money-driven trying to figure out how much they can get per seat. So we help you know determine how many seats they can fit in a restaurant Um, and each building's unique and different and so the space that you may be looking at it may be three thousand square feet which is what you want but the way the columns are laid out and the the way the windows are laid out you may not actually be using all three thousand square feet you may have a lot of waste and you you know end up only really getting two thousand square foot of use out of it so you know that's there's so much that, you know, can go on the beginning part. Um, and then there's, you know, I mentioned budget and schedules. Uh, you know, once we do programming, a lot of times we go into space planning and test fits uh, where we see how you fit into a space. And then we'll we'll take that and we can go out to general contractors and get preliminary pricing. Um, you know, a lot of people will always say, oh, well, I'll do it on my own. But um, I always recommend that you get somebody who knows what they're doing because yeah, you don't
0: know what to ask for, yeah, unless you're educated.
3: <laughs> but, um, so you know, we'll do a preliminary pricing exercise, and then you know, okay, I have a more realistic budget. Uh, we like to look at a total project budget of I'm doing one right now for a brewery to see what it costs all in his equipment, his construction cost, you know, miscellaneous cost. Uh, we, we're helping him get a, a tenant in, uh, improvement allowance because that's another key ingredient. A lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, buildings will give you a certain amount of money to help improve the space. Um, some spaces don't have restrooms, for instance, and they need them. So, you know, that's something that, dependent on the building, the building may help you cover that because they, they should be providing certain amenities. Um, so that's kind of all still early on. Um, and then we help with schedule because, you know, like I said, some people are like, oh, well, I want to open, you know, in a month. Well, the reality of it is 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 um, you know, an office space, you could maybe do a walkthrough permit, but restaurants, I'd say you're easy three to five months permit process right now. Um, and that's not including, you know, depending on the complexity of your restaurant, 12 to 16 weeks of construction. And, you know, if you design it correctly, you're looking at four like to six weeks. If you run weeks. into
0: no problems at all. Yeah. Right, right.
3: Uh, which we call unforeseen conditions. Okay. Um, so, you know, even that quick schedule I just gave you, um, you know, you're looking at almost. 10 months to a year of actually, you know, going down that path. And I've run into a lot of people who say, oh, well, I know somebody down there and yeah, I've seen that and happened and it still took a year. So, um, all
1: right. Uh, wonderful advice. And, uh, so we've got a lot of businesses coming to the Rhode Island Avenue main street corridor. Um, and I hope that, uh, they'll be looking up Sorrell design and, uh, and using your services on this side for for those of you that are curious uh Stephen is a Ward 5 resident lives right here in the neighborhood uh so support uh support your neighbors and um and let him do good work for you. Steve uh if folks want to find out more about uh what you do, look at some pictures of your portfolio, how do they
3: do that? Well, so uh I have a website up right now. It's uh, com. um and s o r e l l design.com. Yeah. Um, and it, you can also shoot me an email at steven at com, and I can send you a quals package, which, um, you know, I have a couple different ones depending on what type of work you're looking at. Um, my phone number is also 202, uh, five, uh, uh, and you can shoot me a text or a call. Um, I'm happy to provide some input initially. Um, cause I know a lot of people just have some simple questions and mm-hmm. You know that I can even tell you if it's feasible or if it's a good idea. Um, I know that that's you know an entrepreneur. That's the number one thing is they have these ideas and they want to make sure it's possible. So um, I'm willing to let you know, like, hey, here's the reality of this. Um, so
1: all right, and uh, Sorel Design is also on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google Plus. Yes, yeah. so I care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Stephen. thank you so much for joining us today. This is great information. And, Thanks for uh, having me. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll check back and, and get an update on your portfolio that will include Rhode Island Avenue Main Street businesses in the future. Yes, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, folks, thank you again uh, for being here. Don't forget uh, Fall Fest on October 3rd, Saturday, October 3rd from 10 to 4, Porch Fest on Saturday, September Twenty-sixth from two to six PM. Find out all that information on riamainstreet.org. And uh, one more shout out to our sponsors: Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the Department of Small and Local Business Development, and the Department of Housing and Community Development. Um, Michelle, we'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.